Yay. Guess what? It's recording. You know what that means? That means we're going to play the open right now. The crowd is absolutely wild as Fern Gagne's all-star wrestling goes coast to coast and continent to continent. The greatest wrestlers in the world. He may be an apprentice carpenter, but I guarantee you he is a seasoned ring veteran. I've been hit with bar stools, bar rags, bar mates. I'm talking to you. They're scared that Hulkamania is still running wild. I got a big fat wife and nine kids at home, and I got to feed them. And take a look at Jesse the body in real life. Open your hand once if you would. You want to see it? <laughs> this is absolutely unbelievable. Totally, completely out of control. He's coming in over the top. Hey! Look out! You know, I was thinking about that open and totally and utterly out of control can also describe the preeminent number one podcast. For the AWA, we are AWA Unleashed. We are gooder than everybody else because we are preeminent. That being said, I'm going to bring in two gooder and preeminent guys right here. It is, uh, what were the words that were used in the open there, guys, in the the, uh, pre-produced open that Joe put together? A lot of different things. Uh, completely out of control and completely uh, and utterly out of utterly, completely yeah. and utterly out of control. Well, that nails Joe's, it. Joe's got the utters, so you know we'll. Uh, I'll take completely and yeah. Joe is quite utterly. Well, he oh. is. Uh, he is utterly. Speaking of utterly, I've got an utterly awesome cup. I've got an utterly awesome shirt. It's yes, uh, it's over at my place of employment too. By the way, uh, telling yeah. Joe the story. If you want to get, I'm a slick Mick guy. On oh, even your hat, you've got the M for Mick. For Mick, yes, it's wonderful. It's a I don't want to know what kind of underwear you got on. Enough. Would it be Karchless underwear? Oh, that's good. <laughs> God, that that's oh, really boy. good. That's well, good. we didn't have a whole lot of time for some nonsense, and we're already killing the time. So yeah, it's already we got <laughs> we got a fun show today, guys. Uh, this is your uh, listener and fan submitted top tag teams of all time, and we've got a bunch of them we're going to get to. But first, uh, we got a little business we got to take care of. First of all, I want to thank those that have signed up for memberships. I want to get this out here, guys. If you have not become a member of the YouTube page. I highly recommend either the body slam or the pinfall. We've already done a live chat, which, you know, we've allowed a few other people to get into, but we do have our exclusive watch along has been dropping. Uh, we got that there. You get the podcast a day early. You get a little thank you from me. Uh, if you get the pinfall, we're going to have some brand new uh, exclusive interviews that are going to be just on the pinfall level. And there's a reason for that. We're not trying to, you know, skimp away from the normal stuff, but we do have a reason for those. And if you're on the pinfall level, you'll kind of figure out why we'll, we'll let you in on the, the secret there. So we've got all of that at uh, two ninety nine. the body slam. You still get the access to the podcast a day earlier on YouTube. You get the live chats, you get a, a thank you letter with a sticker and a magnet from me. So uh, there we go, guys. And uh, yeah, if you want to go, if you want some uh, some AWA Unleashed merch, I don't do enough. I, I just don't do enough of the, the promoting, and I don't know why. Uh, tpublic.com, user Unleashed Plus. We've got a couple of different logos, a couple of different designs. Uh, of course, the, the Slick Mick guy, which, again, I'm a Slick Mick guy, have been for years. Uh, I will be uh, until the end of time. So there we go. Um I do want to say before we get into it, this is my special day. If you guys are not going to acknowledge me, it is my birthday. Reigns? Yes, acknowledge me. It it is my birthday. Well, I would have acknowledged. Yeah, I would have acknowledged it, but you know, you you shilled for forty five minutes there. They didn't really get an opportunity. But happy birthday, pal! You're uh, you're you're looking good. 27. I think that's that is fantastic. <laughs> the hot 20 doesn't look a day over 60. Hey, huh? Huh? 
Yeah, the warranty is yeah. almost void, Cart. Or yeah, re, 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 real funny there, guys. Anyway, right. we got a we got no, a show. No, 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 no. Happy Mick, birthday. Thank you, Mick. You have you have upstaged my special day. Do you want to know why? Why is because that? my announcement does not pale in comparison uh, to your. Oh announcement. my gosh! It does not pale in comparison uh, to your announcement. Congratulations, uh, soon you. to be Grandpa K. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. You sob, you uh, you pulled a swerve. I swerved you. You you certainly did. Yes, that is the very moment that I got the news that uh, I was going to be a first uh, first time grandpa from uh, from my daughter, and uh, that will be uh, hopefully taking place uh, May or June, give or take. So I, I really appreciate that. And yeah, this is, it's a good time to be alive. And uh, thanks. Thank you, Chris. In all seriousness, congratulations, Mick. And from experience, being a grandparent, I love my children, loved all of that experience, but being a grandparent kicks ass. That's what I'm parent, told. It's 99% of the fun with only 1% of the work. I What's that, that smell? <laughs> Shitty diaper? Oh, here you go. <laughs> you know, it kind of sounded like our podcast. 99% fun, 1% work, and a shitty diaper. <laughs> there, here we are. Yes, we get back right. to our show. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get back to it. Well, we wanted to spend about five minutes with all the nonsense. We're at six minutes and uh, 50 seconds, Mark. So, uh, Mick, no, again, congratulations. Thank you. I didn't. I, I didn't want to let you in on it. Joe knew about it, but it's just a little. Well, some people deserve it. to know, you know, what's going on in your life. Because thank you much. Thank it's, you. Uh, it's a special time for you. Okay, special time for uh, for you folks as well. Here we go. And Mick kind of set everything up for me, if you wouldn't mind, because this was something you put out there, and the response was pretty overwhelming. Really, really great response. Uh, had probably 200 or better people respond with their individual lists and just decided, yeah, let's let let's hear what the listeners have to say and the viewers as far as who ranks in the top 15 of all time AWA tag teams. Now, some of these are really surprising and uh, none of us participated in the voting. Not even me. I could have tilted it one way or another, but I, I opted not to. Um, Are you telling this me is, this wasn't rigged? This was this was a real vote? This is wrestling. Nothing is a work here. That's true. It's all on the up and up. My God. Anyway, um, so there are some surprises, uh, some okay. not so surprising. There is a little bit of generational influence here. Um, but let's take a look first, Chris. I know you've got them ready to go. Just put the pictures up there. Here are 10 tag teams that did not get nearly enough votes to make the top 15, which really surprised me uh, in the history of AWA wrestling. So let's just take a look at them. There and you go. And these are all these are all honorable mention. And these are kind yeah. of these are on the outside looking in Crusher and uh, Red Bastion. Crusher and Red Bastine, you know, a tremendous tag team, of course. Crusher, you know, took over as Red's partner when Hercules Cortez was killed. Tag team champions until they lost the title back in 1972. But, uh, no, they did not They did not get enough votes to make the top 15. That's just one example. Well, could that be because they weren't just my take quickly? They weren't a tag team for very long. No, they really – it was about a, about a six-month reign. Give yeah. or take. Yep, mm -hmm. you're, you're correct. Let's take another right. look, uh, Chris, at somebody who did not crack the top 15. Yeah, let's go with uh, Crusher and a new, uh, another partner, George Clooney. George Clooney. And, and Joe, I mean, you're there at this point in time. And, you know, Crusher and Baron were considerably past their prime at this point. They were competing with the Road Warriors at this time. I was very surprised, though, considering the popularity of Crusher and Baron, that they did not make the top 15. Well, two things. One, I was not yet at the AWA. They, oh. had, they had won those belts, I want to say, in 84, and I didn't uh, come in until later in 85. But the same thing as uh, Crusher and Red. Um, Crusher and Baron were 
they weren't a tag team for very long. And I think your point you brought up, Mick, was, yeah, they were on the backside of their career, you know, so. There we go. So they did not make it. So let's just uh, move on to yet another team. And, and they got some votes, folks. So we want to acknowledge those who voted for these teams. Dressed in, uh, I don't know if that's Zubas or Leopard Skin or what it is, but that is yeah. Pachinaka and Paul Diamond. Paul Diamond number I, two, I believe. Paul Diamond number two. And we're very high. All three of us are very high on this tag team. And we've yes. talked many times towards the end of the AWA run. You know, they were a bright, shining light, and you would have figured that even with generational stuff, uh, mm-hmm. enough people would have remembered Bad Company to put them in the top 15, but they did not. B-A-double-D, Bad Company, as Diamond Dallas Page would say. Correct, correct. Right. Let's take Let's another look for those who uh, voted for some who did not quite uh, make it. Let me handle this one. Man. Oh, man, go ahead. No. The destruction crew. I, I really agree. thought I thought these guys would have been a little bit higher than honorable mention, and and I don't, maybe it's because it's they skew a little bit more towards the later stages. But I thought that these guys were they're memorable, and they were so good with their promos. I mean, everybody remembers. I mean, you know, let me handle this and you know, doing the whole sledgehammer thing. Like those are the two things that people remember. And they were really good workers. They were. And, you know, you got to remember again, this is towards the dying days of the AWA. Uh, so they were a team and a very good one, but not for long. And then, of course, you know, they, I'm not sure that going on and being the Beverly Brothers helped them very much in the eyes of, you know, the AWA fans. Uh, but nonetheless, Blue Medina's, to me, tremendous tag team. Should have done better, but we do give their our honorable mention acknowledgement. Agreed. Big time that they should have done better, but taking a peek at the top list, who do you yeah. take out exactly. to put the I mean, you know, I'm feeling like the uh, uh, Garvin and Regal, but I'm feeling Gar- like yeah, Gar- Gar- yeah, Garvin and Regal also in the honorable mention. But go, go ahead, Joe. I feel like, uh, you know, I'm on the uh, college football championship committee. You've got so many good choices. Who do you exclude and who do you put in? I I think the top 15 are pretty representative, pretty good group. But, uh, you know, Garvin and Regal, uh, again, not a long reign as tag team champions. Certainly they get their asterisk for being the team that defeated the Road Warriors. Uh, you know, I don't. I, I was really surprised at how little votes they got. Maybe it was a little animosity. People were not very happy uh, when they defeated the Road Warriors. They thought that it was an aberration, should never happen. So uh, they did not make the top fifteen. Always a special place in my heart because that was the very first interview that I worked on in the AWA. And as Jimmy Garvin would say in his interviews. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Correct. <laughs> but it is It is your fault, Joe. Well, of course it is. Okay, it's always, it's always your fault. Let's I'm take here, another here's, one. Uh, yeah, oh. here's another one. I, I, I like this one. I, Again, like you guys were saying, we talk about some of the lineage of the AWA. You really go, you look at the history of tag teams, and it is really amazing how star-studded the tag teams were with just individuals coming together as, as units. Chris, when I gave the people the chance to vote, I gave them 40 names to choose from, uh, 40 tag teams, 40. And that didn't even scratch the surface. It was just teams that I figured were probably the most recognizable. I was really surprised that Kurt and Larry Hennig did not even crack the top 15. Uh, again, I think it's a timing factor. Uh, and again, you're, putting these guys in the ring with the road warriors. So the fan base was starting to turn a little bit and uh, nepotism and good guy stuff was kind of going by the wayside. So uh, Larry and Kurt got some votes, but not enough. With all due respect to uh, Larry and Kurt, I would personally just have a tough time putting a father son tag team into a top 15 list. Just again, both legends period. But as a tag team, honorable mention, I think, is a good spot for them. And, and yeah, and I can understand that because you do have, because how much of a unit can you be 
if you're tagging together for yeah for for just a a very short period of time these yep. guys have been well documented and again <laughs> our friend mike moran god one of the nicest guys i mean he's just he's a super dude super awesome guy i love exchanging messages with him but again i think he likes he likes to know that he's got it over me that he made me piss my pants when i was a kid <laughs> Well, you know, with and again, poor Mike, you know, I really, Mike, I, I could have doctored, I could have jimmied a little bit, could have pulled a swerve on the vote count to get uh, you and uh, you and uh, and Rick in the top 15, but it didn't work. But again, towards the end of the AWA run, some fans just don't have a lot of fond memories about the AWA in that era, but Killer and Psycho were a bright spot, no question. Love the gimmick. There wasn't time for a push. Yeah. The only pushing that was happening was to the end of the AWA, unfortunately. None of the fault of the Texas hangman, of course. And, and that's and that's a good point. That you don't have the opportunity for long-term storytelling. It's like, how much time do you have? You try and get everything in before the the car inevitably drives off the cliff. Well, absolutely. You know, I'll I'll put it in with what I had said earlier about Crusher and Red and and Crusher and Baron. They're to me, if you're going to be a a top tag team or or make a top fifteen list, uh, you need more than a year or even two years, in my opinion, to qualify for that list. You need to have that plus. Uh, more, I mean, more going into it, more coming out of it uh, to, to stick in people's minds that, oh, yeah, they were a great tag team. Which is interesting because when we get to the top 15, there are some teams that, you know, kind of go against the grain there a little bit with what you were saying. And I totally agree with you, Joe. So let's take a look, Chris, if we got another tag team that did not crack the top 15. Uh, yeah, we've got three more in our honorable mention. And this is one that we've uh, talked about at times. Where are we? Uh, there we go. I love that. I love the gimmick. I love the gimmick. And I'm glad to see they got a little bit of love here with the long riders. The long riders to me should have been a top 15 team. Uh, you know, Joe talked about the teams that were together for a long time. In the AWA, the Long Riders, yeah, relatively short run, but the Irwins teamed up all over the place, all over the United States. Of course, as the Super Destroyers and what have you, and they they did work Wrestle Rock. They had that Hennig and Hall uh, feud going on. I really like this tag team, but again, not enough votes to crack the top fifteen. Agreed. I'm surprised they did not make the top 15, but let's wait for that top 15 list. And you tell me who you'd take out. Yeah, let me, uh, I'm just looking down here. Got another honorable mention. Yep. And now this tiny mills and Stan Kowalski. I get this. I, I get this from a generational standpoint. Um, it was kind of disappointing to me because we've talked how tiny and Stan they were, they were the originals. They were the very first AWA Tag Team Champions of the World. And they did wrestle together for a handful of years. It wasn't just a, a fly-by-night deal. But again, because of generational stuff, you know, we know what our audience is out there. And this one goes way back to the 1960s, 1960, actually, when they uh, won the championship or were proclaimed champions. But Tiny Mills and Stan Kowalski, what a tremendous Hall of Fame tag team, but not enough votes. So, murder. Put, can you put that picture back up, Chris, for a quick sec, please? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so they, they were also known as Murder Incorporated, right, Mick? Correct. I can't help but look at what looks like the tarp that they're standing on and thinking that they're going to get whacked by the mafia or somebody <laughs> right after winning this tag team championship. <laughs> that. Uh... They better have eyes in the back of their head because, uh, you know, old Frankie the Fish is probably uh, waiting around the corner, as he said, to do the old the old whack job on uh, Tiny and Stan. But I was surprised. I figured there would be enough old school people out there to say, hey, we got to put these guys in. 
All right. And uh, here's one. It kind of brings the honorable mention back around here, guys. Uh, Red Bastine and Hercules Cortez, who, of course, mentioned the very first honorable mention was replaced by Crusher. Red Bastine and Hercules Cortez, uh, you know, un unfortunately, their tag team reign was cut short when Hercules was killed in uh, J uh, July of 1971 in an auto accident. Uh, considering the fact that Crusher and Red Bastine, uh, Hercules's replacement Crusher, didn't lose the tag team title to Bockwinkle and Stevens until January of 72, I think you could safely say Red and, and uh, Hercules would have probably held the title for another six months. But at the time, they were so incredibly popular. Uh, if you were there at the time, they had some matches with the Fashans that were just off the charts. So, but again, surprisingly enough, not enough votes. I'm, I can't wait to see, well, to show this top 15 list. And again, you tell us who should have been left off the top 15 and who should have been taken off of the honorable mention and put into those top Absolutely. Spots. Yeah. Tough, okay. Tough, so these tough. are, I, I, these are all voter fan submitted and we are now officially into the top 15 and here is uh number 15 and i just want to make sure that i've got everything here it kind of plays off the last couple of weeks guys and uh one of our guests stan lane steve kern the fabulous ones here's one that i would have disagreed with or as the uh, the fans call them the fabs the fabs uh, tremendous tag team. Yeah, they had a good run in the AWA, um, but there were some teams in that in that honorable mention list that I think should have made it before the Fabs. But nonetheless, you can't argue with the popularity for the time that they were here. They fell into that same kind of a situation. Timing was kind of shitty uh, in terms of the fact that the the fan base was turning to more of a heel crowd. Uh, but certainly one of the greatest tag teams in, in America. Uh, of all time, the Fabs. Yeah, as we talked about on uh, uh, Steve's podcast when we had him on, they were the first ones that I remember having a music video, yeah. and it was right at the beginning of the MTV era. And so I, I agree with you, Mick. I could take or leave the fabulous ones off the top 15. I don't think it's horrible that they're on there. Right, right. But I... I agree with what you said. I mean, I might put in Tiny and Stan, even though they were before my time, but just from the historical perspective that they provided. Plus, I really do like the Murder, in, Murder Inc. And, and let's be honest, you didn't talk about the music video. He talked about the music video. I brought it up. Oh, did you? Okay. No. See, I don't even remember you talking. Well, about you are you are forty nine now, so that's when the memory starts going. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, everything starts to fall apart there. <laughs> uh, let's go with this one, guys. I I wish I could have seen these guys oh. at their heyday. Ken Patera and Jerry Blackwell as part of the Sheik's army. In terms of getting heat, uh, boy, the, there weren't many that generated more of it than Patera and Black Delano. And I wish I, I wish I could have seen them at their peak because I can only imagine the sort of vitriol the fans would have thrown their way. Oh, Chris, it was it was absolutely incredible. And they were part of arguably the AWA's hottest run ever in the early 1980s. Uh, two legitimate tough guys. And of course, you throw Sheik Adnan into the mix who was a heat magnet, you know, just by breathing air. Uh, it, Blackwell and Patera, I think, should have been higher uh, than number 14, but it wasn't our votes. It was the, the viewers and the listeners. When Adnan bought Patera from the Heenan family, I remember that promo. I remember that whole situation and thinking, okay, I hated the guy before. I really hate him even more now because he's with Blackwell and the Sheik. And I agree with you, uh, Mick, the run that they had and the heat that they had on them, uh, if, if not at the top of the list, very near the top. Two of the greats, no yep. question. 
Oh, well, by the and way, I'm not talking about the tag about them being a tag team at the top as much as just the heat that they generated. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and there's just something about an American Olympian and uh, you know a, a country boy turning your back on your country and joining up with a dastardly foreigner that just. I don't know if it would generate that kind of heat today because we're in a completely different political climate. You could generate heat for, for various reasons, but I, do you feel like something like that would get over today, guys? I, just a little sidebar here. I don't think they would try to do it today. Uh, I think they would stay away from it because of okay. the PC society. Remember, Vince did it about eight, nine years later with Sarge and uh, Adnan in Madison yeah, Square yeah. Garden. Uh, but I, I, I think the climate has changed. I don't think you get away with it now. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, you, you, they, 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 they still in, uh, look at um, uh, who's the intercontinental champ in the WWE? Gunther. Gunther. Yeah. He is a, you know, comes across as the general and, you know, yeah. being a German and so forth. I mean, they're, the, the heat on, on, uh, on Germans like Baron had back in the day it's not there anymore they still will have the foreigner in there but they don't play oh he's a dastardly german or he's a dastardly that's Russian. right that um, is right they put it out there and i think hope that they generate some behind the scenes heat from the fans and that the fans start mm. Okay. Saying, oh, you, you son of a bitch, you know, you're a, you're a damn Russian, you know, go back to Russia. They, they just don't do that anymore. They don't, it's not a direct in your face. Uh, it's not a Fritz von Erich or a, or a Baron von okay. Rotsky, dastardly Nazi German. There you go. Okay. I, I was just, it just kind of came to me as we were kind of talking about that. So just a little bit of a, a little bit of a sidebar there, guys. So thanks for kind of filling me in on that speaking of uh, a couple of those I, I don't know if it was i gotta move my cat out of the frame here because the cat is uh there what, you go what? okay all right was she was, did, did the cat hiss <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my god from the gorilla position we have the cat um wow she's, she's waiting for the cue uh, I love it. You. Leave they her in there. Man. Hey, oh, Mackenzie, no, come back. Kitty, kitty, oh, kitty. You got to leave her in there. Our ratings oh, might Mick. go up. Get out of the building. <laughs> All that right. Bad booking by Mick Karch. Well, she did the run in too soon. <laughs> man, man, we want Mackenzie. Yeah. We want Mackenzie. We're going to start an online petition. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing, I'm sensing a t shirt of Mackenzie. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I will I will put together a t-shirt if some I don't know, put over with Mackenzie's picture on it. Yep. I love it. Okay, speak about two two guys that were over. Uh, we're gonna go from a cat to a dog. Woof. Mad dog and George. Mad Cody. dog Again. Sean and Baron. Is this number 13, Chris? Uh, you know, I kind of lost track when we started talking about your cat. Yes, 13. This is number, number 13, 13 on our uh, top 15. We're about halfway through. Top 15. Uh, Baron and the Mad Dog, of course, who wound up as most heels did in the AWA. If they had any longevity, they were beloved baby faces when they got out of the business. Uh, but the Dog and the Baron in their day uh, as a heel tag team, incredible. I mean, you talk about two stereotypical bad guy foreign heels. Uh, that established themselves as AWA legends. And I'm surprised, number 13, I would have figured they would have done better. But again, you know, time-wise, maybe generational. But what a tag team. Uh, Mick, correct me if I'm wrong, but in his earlier days, um, basically around where this photo was taken, Mad Dog was built out of Algeria, was he not? Yes, he was. That's correct. Yeah. But then later on, wasn't it, didn't he start coming out of Montreal? Uh, he did. And, you know, you know, people move around, Joe, you know. No, I mean, no so. and I get that. I was <laughs> trying to make sure that I remembered. Oh, yeah, my God, Mad Dog, he's got to stay in one place. That dog's <laughs> got to hunt. It's what well, you know, the thing is that, you know, you, you can only live in the back alleys of Algeria for so long. Well, and don't uh, forget deep, dark, in the deep, dark mines. That's right. To make my body strong. 
That's exactly correct. I get chills when you do that. And not because of Mad Dog, because it's you doing it. Um, but Mad Dog and the Bear. Wow. Mad Dog and the Baron, um, two guys that, uh, you know, Baron from, from Germany with the goose step and the dog from the alleys of Algeria eating, you know, garbage out of garbage cans and everything else. But AWA legends, if you got an AWA Hall of Fame, Wall of Fame, whatever it is, you got to yeah. put the dog in the Baron. Yep. Yeah, why isn't there an AWA Hall of Fame? Um... Because that's a, it's probably a Vince thing. We well, could do an online one, anything. but hey. Hmm. Yeah, somebody, somebody will sue us. Yeah. All right. Let me, oh, we'll uh, just spell it backwards. Uh, let me see. <laughs> My uh, couple of these oh. pictures didn't load here, guys, but I'm going to get this one because this, this tag team was a part, and yet we've mentioned it here for some of the, the fans that are, my age, where in the world is it? There it is. They were part of a great feud, and oh. uh, you guys know well from the showboat. Buddy Rose and Doug Summers. This, I think, is purely generational, and mm -hmm. not because they weren't a great tag team, because they were. They were tremendous. But basically, you had two guys that the AWA put together that had been enhancement talent. Uh, in the AWA, both Paul Perchman and Doug Summers. And through the genius of whoever put it together and putting Sherry Martell into the mix uh, in the mid-1980s, uh, Buddy Rose and Doug Summers, to me, were a phenomenal tag team. And yes, I will put them in the top 15 of all time, AWA tag teams, for their ability alone. But I think this this one was really a generational by the numbers kind of situation. Two great workers, one great talker on the mic, buddy. Doug had that raspy voice and was just sort of uh, there, but phenomenal workers. They generated so much heat. What was uh, what did he say on every ring announcement, Mick? I that he weighed. Uh... 217, not he would be 271. Yep, be announced yep. as 271, and he'd get all upset, and he'd waddle on over. <laughs> Perfect word, by the way. Yep. Uh, just Waddle. Great. They do deserve to be in the top 15. I Absolutely. agree with that. And, of course, I, I, you can't mention those two guys with looking at these two guys. Wow. Joe, do you want to say it, or should we let Mick say it? Well, no, I don't know where, where do we where do we want to go with this? I I, I want to make sure that we do it accurately and we Joe, need Joe. to have we need to have Mick announce it the way that got him fired from the AWA. Okay, get me, Mick it, cost it, us money. Okay, yeah, I I cost him money. I hadn't been fired yet, Joe. Uh, that came well, this was a, this is leading to it, but it, yeah. It okay, was. I'm gonna Joe. I'm gonna take you and I. I'm gonna give Mick the stage. So Joe and I are gonna go out. Okay, Mick, the uh, the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, returning to the AWA, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, the Midnight Rockers. Jeez, goddammit, Karch, why are you saying their names? <laughs> and, and that's pretty much the way it went down. Yeah, right? Joe, you leaned into the bit. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and, and there's a reason Vern was went bald because he would always do this. You know, eventually your hand slides back. That's absolutely true. Yeah, but Michaels and Janetti, again for the time mid 1980s, and then of course going to Vince. You know, as the uh, as the Midnight Rockers or, or the Rockers, uh, tremendous tag team. Mm -hmm. I think Rose and Summers put them on the map. But uh, you know, in the annals of modern day wrestling, if you're going back, you know, 30, 40 years, you can't ignore the, the Midnight Rockers. No doubt. Agreed, a hundred percent. They they deserve to be. Let's see. I think they were eleven. If yep, I... they are number eleven on the list. Yep. Right. Now we are getting into the top ten here, guys. And and I like both of these guys individually because they're from my era, and we know about them a lot from their later stages in other organizations. And I mean, not I'm not 
throwing any shade because they're very good. But I, I would have thought that Kurt Heading and Scott Hall, I would have thought they would have been on the honorable mention instead of cracking the top 10. They got a lot of votes. And that really, I'm like you, Chris, it surprised me. Not because of the quality. And, and, yeah, of the and, and these guys are from my era. Like, these guys were, you know, th- these guys were a big part of my memories. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, individually, as you said, my God, the, the success that uh, Scott Hall and Kurt Hennig had when they went off uh, in their own separate directions. But, you know, both baby faces over huge here in the AWA area. And it's interesting, you know, Hall and Hennig, they garnered the top, uh, the top 10 where Larry and Kurt, uh, as we mentioned before, the father-son tag team, just honorable mention, but a great tag team for the time. Worked together a long time, but, you know, it was the ESPN era, and a lot of things were going on, and, uh, yeah, they, they deserve to be in there. Mm. Uh-oh. I, I, <sighs> Generationally, yes. would you say, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give it to – I mean, the, the fans voted, and that's what it is. I wouldn't put Scott and Kurt in, in my top – 10 or top 15, especially after seeing some of the honorable mention ones. Right. I think they got in because of their overall success, but Scott Hall Mm -hmm. was not the bad guy. He wasn't razor Ramon. Kurt Henning was not Mr. Perfect yet. They were young. Still fairly green. Would you say they, they hadn't grown into their personas? Oh, without a doubt, they weren't even, it wasn't even a sniff of their personas. They were two young, up and coming baby faces. And what the world remembers both of them as are the bad guy and Mr. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So, I mean, I get it. I get why they got voted in there. Personally, they wouldn't have been in my top 10. Okay. Okay. Well, I, here's one that I wish I. We're getting into some of these teams that I wish I would have seen in their heyday. And I'm going to make sure we are at number nine, guys. And I'm just going to make sure that I match this up here. Talk about this one. Ray Stevens and Pat Patterson. In terms of the overall wrestling business, Stevens and Patterson are probably a top five or six tag team on a national or a worldwide basis. Uh, Ray, of course, had already teamed with Nick here in the AWA. Stevens and Patterson were huge out on the West Coast in the San Francisco area. Two of the greatest wrestlers that ever lived. I mean, from a technical standpoint, from an in-ring generalship, uh, they teamed here in the AWA in the late 1970s. Uh, Certainly a top 10 tag team. I'm surprised they didn't even go farther than that, but uh, absolute classic. Pat Patterson, first intercontinental champion in the WWF. And I I could do an entire show on Ray Stevens. I mean, literally one of my all-time favorites and the stories that, I mean, just great choice. I'm going to maybe leave we should. Maybe we should. Maybe one of our next shows should be about Ray Stevens. I love it. I love we, the idea. We could do it. And every time I just see that picture or hear his name, I just that laugh, that guttural, infectious laugh coming out of Ray Stevens. God, I miss that guy. How about next week? You want to do it for next weekend? Sure, we can do that. No, I mean, if, if, it, if it works for you, I mean, on-air let's, production meeting. Let's talk to the producer and see what he says. Okay, yeah, next week, Ray Stevens. <laughs> okay. There you go. There You're we dismissed. Go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good show, guys. Uh, we're at number eight here. And somebody that we've been uh, asked to get is uh, he's big, he's bad. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to give me a little bit of time here so I can find it. Big, he's bad, and he's big, bad. Bobby Duncan, along with Black Jack Lanza. Do we get the? Do we get them? Do we? Are they uh, coming up? I had, I had it, and then where did it go? There it is. See, sometimes they load early, sometimes they don't. Well, these are a couple of big guys. Chris. Yeah, it, it's hard to get them both on the screen at the same time. Let's just <laughs> let's just be honest. Yeah, there we go. There they are. Well, there they are. 
Black Jack Lanza and Big Bad Bobby Duncan, of course, part of the Heenan family. Uh, I was I was not surprised that they made the top 15. I was surprised that they were as high up as they are. Uh, Jack Lanza, to me, is a legend in wrestling. Uh, you know, one of the true tough guys. Uh, did a lot in the AWA as a babyface and then as a heel. And then, of course, teaming up with Black Jack Mulligan all over the place uh, made a big splash. Bobby Duncan, one of the most underrated wrestlers I think I have ever seen. Uh, there was nothing flashy about Bobby Duncan. He was a big, tough Texas guy. Uh, no nonsense interviews. Um, together and along with Bobby Heenan, this was a double tough tag team. And I agree, you know, this is this is top 10 stuff for sure. Uh, as it relates to Bobby Duncan, we've, also, we've often talked about how the person is so much different than the character in the case of Bobby Duncan. No, that what you saw on TV in the ring, that is, and still is big, bad Bobby Duncan, just a big old Texas boy loves to have a big old dip in his mouth. And as Greg Gagne says, sort of tough to understand him sometimes, but eventually you get the point. Uh, and of course, he had a, a he's kind of stepped away from the business after the uh, tragic death of his son, Bobby Duncan Jr. years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, but yeah, Duncan and Lanza and Heenan, part of that Heenan family, classic stuff. Let's go from one family, guys, to uh, to another here. And the Vachans. Oh, I, I have a problem with the Vachans not being rated higher than they were. Uh, again, maybe it's generational. And th- this uh, is number seven. This is number seven. I should have prefaced that. Number seven, uh, the Vachans, who had teamed up <coughs> for for years um, in the 60s and the 70s in the AWA. They were former AWA tag team champions. They were one of the most hated tag team combinations ever to pass through uh, these parts. Their legendary feud at the time, uh, not only with the Crusher and Dick the Bruiser, uh, but also with uh, Billy Red Lions and Red Bastine. They had a series of phenomenal matches with them. Butcher Vachon often gets overlooked uh, because of the shadow of the Mad Dog. You know, certainly in terms of overall success, uh, Mad Dog uh, outshined the Butcher. But together, Paul at about 300 pounds and, you know, six foot two and Mad Dog coming in at about 5'8", 5'9", and 235, 240. But what a tag team. I would have put them in the top three or four, but uh, I didn't vote. But uh, classic. Great stuff. So, Mick, uh, Butcher, if I'm not mistaken, it would have been like early 70s when uh, maybe 72, 73 when he left the AWA. Was That'd that- be about right. Yeah. So totally, I mean, side note, but why or did he continue to wrestle and why did he never come back to the AWA when Mad Dog was here shit through 1983, 84? Well, you know, he, I, I don't know why he didn't come back to the AWA. I know he went out East. He wrestled for the WWF. Uh, back in the day, uh, more or less as an enhancement guy. I mean, he he did have some success. Uh, I don't recall who managed him, probably one of the, you know, Golden Four. Um, but Butcher, Butcher lived in the Vermont area, too. He kind of settled in Vermont. And I'm just wondering if at that point in time, just guessing that maybe he was kind of winding down a little bit. Uh, the dog still had some years left in him. And, of course, they turned Mad Dog historically baby face, but I think Butcher just kind of, you know, settled in and just wound down a little bit. He's still with us. God bless him. I think he's 87, 88 years old. He pops up on uh, Facebook every once in a while to give greetings to his fans, uh, talks about his ailments, which are real serious right now. Uh, God love him. But uh, one of the greatest tag teams ever, ever in wrestling in the Bashads. First tag team I ever hated. There you go. Here's number six, guys, and these two guys could tear some shit up. Let's go with uh, Dusty Rhodes and Dirty Dick Murdoch. Rhodes and Murdoch. 
And again, this is interesting because they were historically one of the great tag teams in wrestling period, not only in the United States, but of course in Japan, uh, teamed up everywhere they went. They caused havoc. I mean, in and out of the ring legitimately. Uh, the Flame Cafe over on 14th and Nicollet, uh, probably I think Rhodes and Murdoch systematically demolished the place or demolished the place before it was ever actually demolished by machine. Uh, Dusty and Dick were the real deal. They were beer drinkers. I knew somebody in the business that uh, went on the road with Rhodes and Murdoch quite extensively, and there was nothing gimmicky about Rhodes and Murdoch. Uh, Joe had mentioned Bobby Duncan earlier on. Uh, Rhodes and Murdoch, the Texas Outlaws, were fucking tough guys and pure and simple. And yeah, they deserve to be where they are on the list. I have an idea for another show. And I say this because of Dusty. Top promos in, oh. in top five promo performers, you know, people who did their promos. Let's do a top 10, top 15 list, similar to what we did here. Because I yeah. say that because, damn, Dusty was good. Dusty was uh, outstanding. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when you talk about promos in wrestling history, if you don't talk about Dusty Rhodes, you're talking about something else. I mean, this guy was just a gem. And, uh, yeah, again, Rhodes and Murdoch, how tough were they? They, uh, they filmed The Wrestler at Mazelak's Bar in Northeast Minneapolis, the original movie, The Wrestler, and they tore that place apart, too. So, uh, you know, wherever they wherever they went, they left a, a pile of tinder. So, uh, Rhodes and Murdoch, great, great tag team. And speaking about tearing shit apart, I think our next tag team uh, yeah, these, amplifies they, that. They might yeah, have these, taken care yeah. of, a, of a bar room or two. Yeah, these guys could uh, could do it, and I mean, there you go. Do they? We're at the point where these guys don't even need an introduction. But uh, for those that are not uh, not watching or not watching on YouTube, uh, we are in the top five: Crusher and Bruiser, Kayfabe Cousins, uh, the Crusher yes. and Dick. The See, Bruiser. that's what they'd be today if they had to re. They would be repackaged as the Kayfabe Cousins. Sure, they would. Yeah, I mean, it, you know. And, and Reggie Lasowski and Dick Aflis, uh, the Crusher and Dick the Bruiser, started teaming up uh, in the early 1960s. Legendary, uh, you know, not only here in the AWA, but of course in Bruiser's WWA. They had tremendous feuds with Larry Hennigan, Harley Race, and of course, uh, you know, later on the Vachans and Bachwinkle and Stevens. Crusher and Bruiser, I really... When I put the poll out there, I thought they were going to win it. And if not win it, I thought they would be maybe top two or three. Uh, just just a superb tag team, legendary. What can you say, Joe? I mean, the Crusher and Dick the Bruiser, this is it, this tag team wrestling. Well, they would have been my number one uh, without question. But I, you know, I've, I've, if you've seen the show, you know that Crusher was my all-time favorite growing up for, for various reasons. But those two together, mm. looking back now and, and experiencing wrestling uh, to this day, has Stone Cold Steve Austin ever given any credit to Crusher and Bruiser for Stone Cold's gimmick? It just seems like the same type of, you know, while Stone Cold wasn't a barroom brawler, going up, slamming the beers, the, yeah. whole, the, the way he did his promos. When I first saw Stone Cold Steve Austin do that gimmick, I thought of the Crusher. I oh, just no, no doubt. No doubt about it at all. And uh, Crusher, you know, you, go ahead, Mick. Yeah. And, and if you saw them wrestle in Chicago, uh, the building was explosive. If you lit a match, the building was going to go up. I mean, it was that intense heat, uh, both from a negative and then a positive. Uh, standpoint as they got to be baby faces in Chicago. And, and if you guys want to see a fantastic Crusher promo and get instant reaction from Mick and Joe about it, ah. if you join our membership, our first watch along has a Crusher promo that we are watching in real time. And you can see some of the reaction, especially from Joe, <laughs> that you see Joe Chupik 
revert back to his childhood fandom. And it is, it is awesome. It is awesome. And if you want that, our members have seen it. Our members know exactly what I'm talking about. It's five bucks. You guys are going to love it. Uh, you can sign up on our YouTube page. And that pro it's more than a promo, more than a, a standard uh, standing in front of the wall with Marty O'Neill or Mean Gene Oakland. It's a sit-down interview with Roger Kent, and it's about six or seven minutes long. And I, I think about it now, and I just smile. That's just Great. how much I enjoyed so watching it. Good. So well, good. Well, it was every – you hung on every word and how he said it, and you're like – I. I can't wait to hear what he's going to say next. That's missing in some of these promos. Cause I know exactly what's going to be said with every promo. Like, okay. Nobody calls my ladies of the evening wenches. Oh, it was so good. My favorite. So good. So I, that's, I, I recommend you, uh, you guys see that. All right. We are into the top five. Number four, someone we've seen before Larry, the ax Hennig and someone we have not seen the first time. That this you talk about one bad mama jamma here, guys. How about the king of Kansas City, Harley Race? Oh, this tag team to me, you know, we're at number four. I would, you know, for me, it would be number one or number two. Um, Larry Hennig and Harley Race got together in, I believe, 1964 here in the AWA area, and in January of 1965. They started feuding with the Crusher and the Bruiser, who were the tag team champions at the time. And Larry and Harley won the tag team championship from Crusher and Bruiser. Uh, they held the title on and off for a, a long, long time. One of, if not the greatest tag teams in AWA history. And this is kind of was was perplexing to me, that some of these teams that people voted on, that I would have thought maybe they wouldn't remember, they did. And for Larry and Harley to come in as high as they did was extraordinary, but it goes to the legend of just how tough they were. Uh, from a single standpoint, of course, Harley Race went on to greater success as the NWA uh, World Heavyweight Champion, but uh, Larry had great success, of course, all over the United States and into Japan. This is a legendary tag team, and I mean that with a capital L. Without question, Mick, you hit it right on the head. Now, in, in these days, it was Pretty Boy Larry Henning, was it not? Pretty Boy Larry Henning and Handsome Harley Race. That was going to be my next question. Was yeah. it? Has it always been Handsome Harley Race? And no, I, I, I know he was the king in mm -hmm. in that. That does not count in my book. That was yeah, not. Yeah. That was not Harley Race. That that was a gimmick. Yeah, that was part of the King gimmick that kind of went around from person to from Haku to you know Macho to you know yeah. I, I yeah, yeah I felt the the run oh, that yeah. he had in WWF at the time was just it was more of a I'm putting you in your place type of thing. I wanted to see the old Harley race, the one that we all know, the one that was with Pretty Boy Larry mm -hmm. Henning. God, that tag team was good. And, of course, Crusher called them Gertrude and Sylvia, the Dolly <laughs> sisters. And the third member of the tag team was Chris Markoff that he called Sweet Lips Christine. <laughs> so that uh, that was the uh, the Dolly sisters. Tremendous. All right. The, uh, the next one here, guys. This is number three. I'm a little surprised that these guys came up. They were a big part of our very first watch-along. We saw, well... This team and another team that's also in our top uh, top three are a big part of the watch along. But Jesse the Body and Adorable Adrian, the East West Connection. Number this three. One, this one surprised me, uh, not because they cracked the top fifteen, but at number three, uh, I've got a little problem with that. And I, you know, I think this was purely generational. And again, they were coming at a time when they were selling out the St. Paul Civic Center. So for the whatever length of time they were together as a tag team here in the AWA, the East West Connection, um, they were certainly over. Uh, tremendous heat. Uh, Adrian, the wrestler, Jesse, the talker. No question about it. Their feud with the High Flyers is stellar. 
Uh, top three material, I don't know, but certainly one of the best, one of the most memorable tag teams in the AWA. Agree with everything you said, Mick. I got to bring up two points. <clears throat> so one, it would be Adrian's left foot. Doesn't it look like it's about a size 32? Uh, yeah, it actually, now that, now that you mention it. You know, it's um, because of the shadow. But the other thing that strikes me about this, I've played a lot of golf in my day. I've never worn this type of attire. You can see that they're both holding golf clubs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Joe, you've done you've done the baby Huey. You've done the uh, Mickey Mouse Donald Duck outfits out on the golf course. Uh, maybe you haven't resorted to the leather, but you've certainly had some attire that has turned some heads. I only wear the outfits you described in the privacy of my own dungeon. Okay, we got to get out know. of the next. Ooh, that uh, I got to rush onto this one here, guys. See what I did there? There you go, number two. You can't go wrong with any of them that are coming up, but when you talk about one of the best of all time, not only in the AWA, but any territory, any promotion that they went to, they were top guys. And those are, I mean, they need no introduction. Hawk and Animal, the Road Warriors. Chris, it's a given. You do an AWA tag team poll, the Road Warriors are going to be at or near the top. We we knew that going in. They garnered so many votes from people. They were on virtually every list or at least 90%. And they have to be. You, you, you cannot objectively leave them off, no matter what era. Like, everybody can say they've got a Road Warrior memory in some way, shape, or form. Oh, there's no doubt. And there's a lot of people that will say without, without a hesitation, this is the greatest tag team of all time. Depends on how you look at it, you know, what school you're from, old school, new school. But Animal and Hawk, certainly, they revolutionized uh, professional wrestling. And they they turned they turned baby faces into heels and heels into baby faces. I will say that. I've said it many times over these many years. I give credit to Hulk Hogan for changing the landscape of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then I give the credit to Animal and Hawk for changing the face of tag team wrestling. They did indeed do that. How many teams in the subsequent years tried to replicate, to duplicate, to be what they were? There is only one Legion of Doom. There's only one Road Warriors, and that's Animal and Hawk, period. Guys, I don't think I've got a picture of the next one. Really? I, I've I've got one of them, but I don't have the next one that's on our list. Wow. I don't have uh, I don't have 25. Okay, well let's let, let's talk about who it is anyway. Hmm. Um because and this is going to sound like a work ladies and gentlemen, but it wasn't. Uh, the number one, are we at number one right now? This is, yep. This is a tie for number one. I have the other team, but I don't, I I don't have this one. Do you, do you see that you sent it to me, Joe? I do not see it in the folder. Okay. Okay. I wanted to make sure that I, I wanted to make sure that I didn't, because I don't want to get all the way here and not give it. It's just due. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, we do have the other one, but this is uh, a friend of yours, Mick, and the individual that I think we're going to do the show about next week. I'm going to let you take it from here. A vote for vote tie. And, you know, I think that will tell you that I did not have anything to do with the voting because you know that at that extra, you know, that, that tie changer, that tiebreaker vote would have gone a certain way and it would have probably gone uh, to the way of Nick Bockwinkle and Ray Stevens. Uh, I was stunned that this was literally a vote-for-vote tie uh, with all the votes that came in. Bockwinkle and Stevens put together uh, in 1971. They, of course, had known each other from their times out on the West Coast and all over the country and into Hawaii. Uh, They came together in July of 1971 and won the Tag Team Championship uh, from Red Bastine and the Crusher in Denver in 1972. 
to me, to me, the greatest tag team of all time, because they came from an era, not only when fans believed, but they, they kind of acted out their belief. They went nuts. The fans uh, with the heat for Bachwinkle and Stevens. So Nick and Ray, um, in, again, in my estimation, the all-time greatest. You can't argue with success, either as a tag team or on an individual basis. Of course, you put Bobby Heenan in the mix, and it was magic. So that was one of the tag teams that were tied for the number one spot, viewer votes. Mick, I'm glad that you brought up Bobby because I was going to say, you, I can't think of Bachwinkle and Stevens without – including Bobby the Brain Heenan. Absolutely. They, and it's still, it's something that you, I don't remember seeing since or today, which I guess is the same thing. But you've got Nick Bockwinkle, who did phenomenal promos. You did Ray the Crippler Stevens, who was Ray, was very good on the mic. And then you had Bobby the Brain Heenan, arguably one of the, if not the greatest talker of all time. So that just doesn't happen today. You put together wrestler or wrestlers with the manager because the wrestlers can't talk and the manager is the mouthpiece. But you had all three of them together in the same tag team and even taking away Bobby Heenan. Mick, I agree with you. These two... I, the way I'm looking at it, I probably have about a four-way tie for the greatest tag teams in AWA history. You know, you brought up a great point, Joe, about the promos. If you think about it individually, you had the eloquent Nick Bockwinkle, you had the rough, tough guy, Ray Stevens, mm -hmm. and you had the total nonsensical, sarcastic, smart-ass Bobby Heenan, and it was magic. Yeah. Haven't seen it replicated since. And I we don't had a tie, that. Chris. We had yes, a tie. We did, and thank you guys for uh, for filibustering and and filling some time until I could get that get that picture from Joe. So good job, you guys. Uh, let's get to uh, to number one, the other number one. And again, I don't think that this one is this is not any surprise as well. And if we haven't talked about him, you guys know who they are. There it is. Greg Gagne and Jumpin' Jim, the High Flyers. I know a lot of people that voted for the Road Warriors or for Larry and Harley or for, you know, Crusher and Bruiser are going to say, huh, you know, they don't compare to the... No, it's apples and oranges, folks. Uh, you had a different style. We've said it so many times, Joe and Chris, on this show. The people who put down... The power, the star power, and the magnetic uh, reaction to Greg Gagne are out of their freaking minds. Uh, together, he and Jim Brunzel, when they formed the tag team, the High Flyers, they absolutely lit up every arena that they appeared. Sellout crowds for years, whether it was wrestling Nick and Ray or Jesse and Adrian Patterson and Stevens, whoever it was, you can't argue with the high flyers being right up there. And again, vote for vote, an absolute tie. Amazing. I brought it up earlier about how some of the tag teams that were on our honorable mention list, um, why I thought they deserved it. And my one of my points was that they didn't have the, the longevity the High Flyers were a tag team for about 10, maybe 11 years. Mm -hmm. And for that entire run, they were main eventing. Not just because Greg Gagne was the son of the owner of the AWA. They deserved to be there. They were that good. Their, their, their in-ring work was phenomenal. Tough to do a, a straight baby face promo it, it it just is yeah. much easier to do a heel promo but greg would come out there he would have some fervor in some of those and when it came to it both greg and jim could cut a pretty damn good promo when they needed to so well, you know and they played off of whoever you know they were going to be wrestling obviously yeah and and chris mm -hmm. you mentioned the watch along you want to see how popular and how hot the high flyers were 
watch our uh, our watch along with uh, Jesse the body and Adrian Adonis, and there's the cat's tail. Uh, Jesse the body and Adrian and the uh, the high flyers, magical stuff. Red hot. And, and, and you know, you guys were talking about the longevity to stay relevant and stay over and stay hot for ten years without switching from you know baby face to heel and and back it's like you were able to be consistent with your your character and not change who you were and continue to to resonate and be over and connect with the fans you couldn't do that today like that just that cannot happen in today's day and age which makes what they did even more impressive no doubt about it. And it, it, would they succeed today as a babyface, you know, a lighter weight tag team? I don't think they would have nearly the success that they had. Uh, but again, for the time, you can't argue. Bockwinkle and Stevens, high flyers, that's a pick em. And uh, nice job, ladies and gentlemen. A few surprises in there that caught mm -hmm. uh, the three of us off guard a little bit. But I think on the overall, you done good. Agreed. Kudos. All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, wrap it up. Bring it home, uh, guys. Let's uh, let's do some shout outs. Let's get some business in, and then uh, I know somebody's got to do some work today, and uh, I believe that's Joe. So we'll let Joe actually go out and earn some money. And uh, Mick, why don't you do the shout outs? Why your my shout out goes to Stan Payne, uh, my good buddy Stan in Chicago, Illinois, longtime wrestling fan, as devoted to this podcast as anybody uh and he buys a lot of merchandise too so you know he, he earns a, an extra plug stan Payne, thanks pally jinkuya stashu no that that was that was actually polish so uh, my, my shout out goes to jake hammer now i don't know if that's how you pronounce your last name jake but my god get into the ring jake hammer your your main event next time love the name Giving you a shout out. Thanks for listening. You go from a hammer. I'm going to go to a Hummer. Jim Hummer, I appreciate you being a member. Uh, thank you for uh, for signing up and you know coming along for the ride. Appreciate that, my friend. And uh, hopefully, if you uh, have not gotten your goodies in the mail, you you should because I did uh, I did send them out. So just let me know, and uh, we should be good to go next week, guys. I think we've decided we're going to do a show on Ray Stevens, right? Yes, the old historian will get to work here and see what I can uh, put together on Ray. We could do months on Ray Stevens, but we'll we'll condense it. We'll we'll give him his due. And the stories behind Ray the Crippler Stevens, my God, mm -hmm. grown up. Let's see, what did he say? I'm a trucker, a fighter, and a wild bull rider. No, a. a yeah, trucker, a fighter, and a wild bull rider. And there might have been an F-bomb in that mix thrown in at some point. Had to be. But, God, I didn't, I can't wait. I didn't know where you were going after trucker. I got. I didn't, I didn't either. I didn't have a, a, a strong finish. I was going to try to do the Hummer Hammer pain thing, but, nah. You could have just gone with trucker. Yeah, truck you. Hey, have a happy birthday.